Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Yellow Card, everyone. It's been a smashing week, to say the very least, because there's been so much talk on the pitch and off the pitch. But why don't we start? by what happened this weekend in the Premier League. And let's talk about Spurs suffered some Merseyside blues because they were held to a 2-2 draw against Everton. What are your thoughts on that, Tipin? Hey, Chirag, what's up, man? I don't know whether it is Tottenham who suffered the blues or whether it's Everton who would probably rue the chance of winning a match and, you know, making a run for that top four. Because I think Tottenham took the lead in this match again and then lost the lead again to go down uh, to Everton. And then uh, eventually a lucky fall of the ball for Harry Kane who puts it in. And as we've said so far or as I've said so so far this season, it's Harry Kane who and probably Son who's saving Tottenham. But they haven't been able to save Jose Mourinho's job. Well, I think this is for the one of the last few times I'm going to be like, Jose, Jose, Jose. Well, uh, since you brought that up, let's talk about it. Let's address it right now. Because I was... Anyways, going to talk about what Paul Pogba had to say about Jose Mourinho. He was not impressed with Mourinho's time at United. But like I like I told you, I don't know what Pogba thinks of himself because it's not like he's been performing day in and day out or week in and week out for all the other managers he's been under, especially Ole. So I don't know what where Pogba is coming from. Having said that, from a, from from first perspective, Mourinho's reign has never been smooth sailing. It's always been topsy turvy. It's always been let's park the bus and stick to our old tactics. And yes, I am somewhat of a Mourinho fan because he is full on entertainment. I think and really brings a spark when you want to talk about different teams. But in terms of his plain tactical football, I think it's really he needs to move past parking the bus. He needs to probably study the game. And I dare say study the game from a new perspective because it seems like he's losing his touch. He seems to be very, very disliked by most players, which has always been the case. And now a coach needs to be more of a, a friendly figure, a, a, a good friend that can wrap your uh, arm around your shoulder and encourage you rather than the tactics that Mourinho seems to use, which is to basically embarrass his players in front of the media. So it was about time. It had to come. I am a little surprised it's come during the week when there are six days left to the Carabao Cup final. And I thought maybe he'll probably get a run till the end of the season. But oh, I can't say I didn't see it coming. And I can't say that it's not the correct decision. I, I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been talking about it, whether he can save his job or not. And I guess the draw against Everton means that that race for the top four is practically over for Tottenham and that's why maybe they've decided that, you know, it's time. And as you said, Jose Mourinho is always entertaining except for his football side, which has not been entertaining at all. Uh, pain one thing to remember is that they've not only sacked Mourinho, but they've also sacked his entire staff. So, it's going to be interesting to see how they function under caretaker managers this weekend in the Carabao Cup final. Also, to add fuel to the fire now, is going to be really interesting to see, number one, whether Kane is fit for this final. And number two, whether he's actually going to stay at the end of the season because smart money is not on Spurs getting into the Champions League this season. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll speak more about the Champions League and where it stands a little later. But yeah, the Carabao Cup final uh, will be an interesting match 
Tottenham playing without Jose Mourinho might want to, you know, show what they were capable of right through the season. The players might want to step up and show everyone that, you know, we're here, we can win. And that might be interesting. But let's see what happens. West Ham also in the top four race. Uh, they also lost out to Newcastle. They went down 3-2. They were down to 10 men, I think, very fairly early on in the first half. Absolutely. And uh, I think I think both the yellow cards were justified. Dawson made two reckless tackles. So definitely a uh, uh, sending off for sure. What surprised me was that they went down 2-0, I believe. But they managed to actually claw themselves back much to their credit. So that's something that was really, really good. But I think in the end, it was Willock again that actually snapped up that late goal for Newcastle. And I think this is the second time around that he's managed something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think he did it against Tottenham and now he's done it against West Ham. West Ham, I thought, were trying to play the game in uh, the reverse fashion of what they normally do. Uh, Initially, they're going 3-0 up and then conceding goals. They decided they'd try the other way around. Probably didn't work out for them this time. But a big blow to their top four race uh, with Chelsea and Liverpool threatening. Absolutely. I don't think they're going to make it. I think it's a matter of time. Having said that, though, if you look at the run-in, I would favour West Ham's run-in along with Liverpool as compared to any of the other top six top six clubs. So, that's going to be interesting. Moving on, Arsenal snatched a late draw against Fulham. And again, much the same from Arsenal. Consistently inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely. I think consistently inconsistent is the way to define uh, this season for Arsenal and Mikel Arteta. Because they they were coming off a fantastic victory in the Europa League. Played really good, I think, 4-0 victory against Slavia Praha to secure their uh, semi-final spot. And coming in here, obviously, uh, there were a couple of key players missing. There was uh, There's still no Aubameyang, who has, I think, a bout with malaria. The goalkeeper, Leno, wasn't there. Matt Ryan stepped in instead of him. Tierney is missing. So, there, there were quite a few... Players missing, but I think it's still no excuse to, you know, not get the job done at Fulham. Definitely a disappointing result for Arteta and Arsenal. Well, from Scott Parker's perspective, there was no excuse that they let in a late goal against Arsenal. <laughs> so, so, it depends which way you look at it, Devane. And I don't actually think there was much more in terms of Premier League action this weekend. A couple of things to mention is Sheffield United are relegated and Norwich City have moved back into the Premier League by winning the... I, I, well, they haven't really won the championship just yet, but they're a lot of points ahead and they're probably going to win it at some point. But they cannot be out of the bot. Uh, uh, they cannot go out of the top two now, so they are definitely promoted. There's an interesting stat on Norwich. I think they become the most promoted side to the Premier League. I think it's the fifth time that they've been promoted to the Premier League. So, it's probably a side that is too good for the championship and uh, not uh, that great when it comes to the Premier League. But yeah, they they get, they had their moments the previous season in the Premier League. So, it'll be interesting once they come back. They have a few good players. Sheffield United, on the other hand, become, with six games left uh, being eliminated, they become, they are joint on the record for the earliest relegation. For a Premier League set. Is that along with Derby County? I think so it is. With uh, a couple of clubs, but Derby County is one of them, yes. Alright, and moving on, what are your thoughts on this weekend's FA Cup action? Because the quadruple is no <laughs> longer up for grab. City yeah. are out of the FA Cup, courtesy Chelsea. Yeah, and uh, I think not much to talk about in that match also. It was a very sedate 
performance from uh, Manchester City. I think the quarterfinal win in the Champions League probably took too much out of them emotionally because they've been there's always that monkey on the back saying you know quarterfinal semifinals you cannot go beyond that in the Champions League so that win probably meant a lot it probably pulled a lot out from the squad having said that they complete almost a new team here because on eight changes from the team that played there so it should not have been the case but i guess collectively as a squad they probably just weren't there and chelsea did a efficient job of that game and got the win 1-0 no fuss I I agree. I think that's the best way to dis- uh, to describe Chelsea's performance efficiency. Been absolutely mm. on on the money over there. The other semi-final, I think Leicester managed to go through, so they'll be facing Chelsea in the final. That'll be interesting to see as well. Leicester have never won the be, FA Cup. It's going to be very very interesting because uh, Tuchel had made it very clear he's there to win trophies, and if he manages to do this right uh, off the bat, it's going to be something. But I would really sincerely hope. that Leicester City and Brendan Rodgers can pull this off because they definitely deserve it but, but imagine the imagine the glory in front of Thomas Tuchel right now he could win the FA Cup he's there in, with a chance to win the Champions League and if he finishes in the top 4 everyone including us who said you know Frank Lampard should be given more time i don't know why they're jumping on Thomas Tuchel who unceremoniously was sent out from PSG after not being able to win the Champions League and what a turnaround for him as well absolutely and and i think that he's yet to lose under he's yet to lose against a top 6 manager if i'm not mistaken really really done very well so So far, and he's even beaten Diego Simeone from the Spanish league. So he does really, really well. I think there's Mourinho, Klopp, Ancelotti, Guardiola, and Simeone. So let's not say top six manager, but all the top six managers, but most of them, most of the top managers in the world. So that says a lot about Thomas Tuchel and the way and the impact he's actually made on this Chelsea side. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's done what needed to be done. It's not the best football yet. I think they're not. really been exciting since he's come in the front three haven't uh, they've not locked in on his front three and they most of them have been misfiring from time to time but uh, it's only a matter of time i guess before that uh, gets put in motion as well so so interesting time for chelsea going ahead absolutely and now i think it's time to address the elephant in the room <laughs> What are your thoughts on the European Super League? Because that's been announced, and just a couple of things, Devane, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong and I've misunderstood. But as far as I'm concerned, let's talk about the format and the structure of the league, and then what we think and the potential backlash. Because I think from a structural point of view, there are twelve big clubs, the the so-called top six from the Premier League, which would be United, City, Arsenal. Spurs, Liverpool, and Chelsea. Chelsea. Oh, wow! <laughs> How did I forget them? Chelsea. And moving on to the Spanish league, I think you have the the the, the big three in the Spanish league as well, and you have AC Milan, Juventus, and Inter Milan. That would make your twelve teams. There are going to be three other teams that are expected to sign up soon, and those announcements to be made, which would make it fifteen teams that would always be a permanent fixture in this European Super League. And to make twenty teams, it would actually be the five teams would actually come from. depending what at what position they end their domestic leagues and we probably need a little more clarity on that and how that's going to function that's the format they're probably going to break up into two two groups of 10 and then have i believe the top 3 in each group go through 
and fourth and fifth play of playoff, oh, first leg and second leg, to see who goes through the quarters. The quarters and the semis would then be both two-leg quarters and semis, similar to the format of the Champions League. And then the final, just a one-legged playoff. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've got most of those things there that are there in terms of the structure. And yeah, so the 15 founding members will not be relegated or promoted. It's not like a relegation or promotion for English Premier League. But there will be five teams selected every year based on their performances. So it's been defined as performances. So it's not necessarily just league performances. It could be other competitions as well. So it's a very subjective as of now. It's fairly new, this announcement. So news is still flowing in and a lot of black backlash from obviously the European body governing councils, the UEFA, FIFA, La Liga, all of them coming in with strong statements. The Super League aims to play alongside the national leagues. So in effect, it will probably aims to replace the Champions League. The Champions League, the UEFA have also ratified a new format for the Champions League that will come on from 2024, where it expands from 32 to 36 teams. And I think they they play they play 10 home and away matches. So pretty much playing the same number of matches is what this Super League proposes. However, they play only amongst themselves. That means you get only the top clubs playing against each other. And eventually, basically, the revenues that are there get shared between only 20 teams rather than a 32 or a 36. So that is, I think, the whole idea behind the Super League. Absolutely. And while there has been understandable backlash from fans, from football pundits, and don't get me wrong, I don't think it's a very great idea either. Just to be the devil's advocate, what are your thoughts if you could have Boca Juniors and Santos thrown into the hat for as part of the other five? Wouldn't you want to see Man United versus Boca Juniors or Man United versus Santos in a league format? Because anything can happen. And when I say Man United, rest assured, You'd probably be, it's a league, so you'll probably play, uh, whoever's in that ten, that group of 10 will probably play each other. So, there'll be a lot of interesting matches such as those. We all look forward to the Champions League. Why? Because it's the best playing against the best. So, it's probably a Manchester United playing a Bayern Munich or a Real Madrid playing uh, Manchester City or Juventus playing Barcelona. We look forward to these matchups because these are the best in their individual leagues. Now, as long as that happens on a regular basis... It's not a problem. But the problem here is that there are 15 clubs or 12 clubs as of now and moving on to 15 who will be permanently placed there. That means the essence of sport being that, you know, anyone who does well should be automatically, should automatically progress forward. And anyone who doesn't do well, they have to, you know, go back to the drawing board, come back again, you know, and perform. So there is a level of merit meritocracy that is the basis of all sport. Doesn't matter which sport it is, football, cricket or basketball or any other sport. This goes against that very basis. This is saying that, you know, there are these 15 clubs who obviously earn a lot of money. They have a lot of large followings across the world and they bring in viewers. And right now, all it looks like is they don't want to share the revenue that they claim they are bringing in. However, all of these clubs at different points in time have had bad times and they have managed to come back from it. What happens here is they this doesn't give anyone else a chance to make through to the top. That means you're putting in a, putting in an artificial barrier or a money barrier to uh, for other sporting clubs or other football teams to go through to that top level. That is where the problem and that is where the backlash is. Otherwise, 
from a fan perspective if you get to watch the top clubs playing each other every week it's obviously everyone would go for it but how it happens is also important i pretty much agree with everything you've said it defeats the whole football pyramid if you will because like you said overall it's going to be a backlash that's going to be felt across the board which is why this is going to be so problematic so i don't really want to get into explaining it further because i think you've actually gone into detail and i don't think i can do a better job to be honest so uh, that that was very well explained the pain thanks for that and i completely completely share your sentiments share your thoughts and i will be very very surprised if this actually actually goes through yeah there are a lot of hurdles actually still to cross because there will be a lot of legal ramifications uh UEFA and uh, I think the Premier League uh, the FA and La Liga have already said that you know these teams will not be allowed to compete in their national leagues if they do join there I don't know if the clubs can break up their teams and you know play under two separate names they could look to do that as well but definitely if something like this happens think about the players i mean how can you manage to play two leagues of the highest quality at the same time i mean it's hard enough already with the number of matches they play uh, across tournaments if you have two leagues running simultaneously like the super league which will be say a manchester united plays in the english premier league there are there it's a highly competitive league already now they also play during the week week in and week out they are going to play the likes of barcelona real madrid juventus all these guys and how how does it how do the players cope with that you you just it's it seems very bizarre to me that this would happen the, and i don't know if this can go ahead uh, but i certainly don't think it's the right way to go ahead for football as a whole absolutely and on that note depain i think it's time and we can call it a wrap thank you everyone for listening in from our perspective two big news items two big line items this evening one is the european super league and the next one is probably as big a news by by jose mourinho good night everyone it's been a pleasure take care cheers good night chirag chirag jose mourinho becomes the first super league coach to get fired <laughs> good night everyone take care cheers cheers <laughs>